0: Welcome into the 192nd episode of the Young Terps podcast, Mason Viner alongside Jack Rothenberg. Our preview episode for Maryland's game at Ohio State at 12 o'clock tomorrow. Maryland uh, heads into Columbus coming off that 51-14 loss to Iowa that we talked about in our last podcast. Jack, to get us started, what are your feelings on the Terps coming into this game?
1: Yeah, definitely t morale is low heading into tomorrow afternoon, but I'm hoping the Terps can come back and bounce back in some sort of way. I don't know if I expect them to win, but I'm hoping that they can put together a performance unlike last week. Yeah, we talked about in our last show, it's it's how you respond. I
0: think that's that's my keyword for this week and for this podcast, response to adversity, something that Coach Loxley talks about a lot, and getting back to playing towards uh, that standard. you know, Mike was really clear that Maryland hasn't reached that yet this year. They think they're a lot better team. They know that the result from last week is not uh, what they want the face of this team to be. And and tomorrow they have a great chance to prove that against Ohio State. We're going to talk about Jack's keys to the game that he wrote about on Turp Talk. I'm going to give uh, one hot take on the game. And then we're going to talk about predictions, what we think is going to happen, and a little bit about the betting line. So, Jack, let's get into those keys that you wrote about on Turp Talk this week.
1: Yeah, I wrote a story on turftalk.com. You can go check it out. My four keys to tomorrow's game against Ohio State. I'll start off with number one. We talked about it in our last podcast. It's going to be Talon Fleet-Davis versus the Ohio State front seven. I think I Talon think Fleet-Davis in the entire Maryland running group room has to get more involved in this offense, especially with now Dante Dimas being out for season. I think he can have a bigger role than he has. He just needs to get the touches. And in Ohio State's one loss that they had against Oregon, Oregon ran over the buckeyes like crazy. They they rushed for over 250 over 250 yards and the leading back for Oregon, CJ Verdell, had two long rushing touchdowns. So I think that can be a big key for Maryland in hoping to maybe pull off the upset or at least stay in the game a little longer than some may expect. And then my second my second key For the game is it's got to be Rock Jarrett and Ja'Shawn Jones against the Buckeyes defensive backs. As I just said, Dante Demas is out for season. So there needs to be some other wide receivers that are going to step up. And next on the depth chart, it's Rock Jarrett and Ja'Shawn Jones. They've been able to fill the stat sheet early in the season. So there's there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to now, especially with the fact that they're going to see more targets with Demas out. And some other options to look out for in the passing game is uh, Corey Deitches and uh, of the tight end Conquo. They've both been able to buy and find the ball and been great targets for Leah early on the season, so look for them as well.
0: Yeah, one My- player to watch there for me is Marcus Fleming. Uh, the transfer from Nebraska, Maryland, recruited him out of high school, ends up going out. Uh, to the heartland of America, and now coming back to Maryland. He's a guy to watch. He he entered the depth chart for the first time this season uh, with the injury to Demas, and with the situation with McDougal, the other Terps wide receiver. So another guy to watch there.
1: Yeah, it's a great point. My, my third key is it's going to be Leah against the secondary. Obviously, everyone knows how Leah performed last weekend. Five interceptions, not a pretty performance at all. So it's going to be key to see how he bounces back and see if his confidence is shaken. It it looked like on, on Friday night, it definitely was. So hopefully he's he's put the game behind him and he can move forward. I, um, oh, sorry, Ohio State plays a lot of cover three defense. It's a lot. It's not like anything he, he saw Friday night against Iowa. Maybe Ohio State will t- change what they usually do and play more cover two because they've seen the Leah struggles with that. But if Ohio State sticks with their main cover three look, Leah's gonna need to use his eyes and especially move those safeties to find the open targets and the open seams that that should be open against the Cover 3 defense. And then my final key is going to be the Maryland defense against Ohio State starting quarterback CJ Stroud. And all the tape that I've watched on him, he's he's a great player. He's thrown for over a 1200 passing yards this season, but when he gets pressured and gets off his spot, he gets flustered and he he is less accurate when when he gets pressured. And obviously that's for most quarterbacks even in college and pro that happens. But Maryland has been able to pressure the quarterback. They ranked second in sacks with 18 in the Big Ten. And they were able to to pressure Spencer Patriots of Iowa last weekend against a very good Iowa offensive line. So I think the Maryland defensive front is also going to be key for tomorrow's game.
0: Yeah, Jack. And going to your third point and to your fourth point a little bit, I think that... Uh, you hit on Leah looking guys off and going to a second read. I think that's something that the coaching staffs worked with him definitely on this week. But it's it's one of his weak points, if not his weakest point in his game, uh, along with when he starts to throw interceptions, it seems to have a rolling effect to him. But he's got to look guys off. He has to, you know, use his eyes a lot to move the safeties, move those defensive backs and, and even linebackers over the middle. But use his eyes to his advantage. It's something when you talk about playing the quarterback position at a high level as uh, definitely needed on your fourth point CJ strabs a guy that i think has a really high ceiling but he's not there yet you know he's a guy that ohio state's a little bit uncertain of right now pressuring the quarterback is my number one thing to do you got to move him and look if he breaks contain and runs a little bit that's fine but you can't let him throw off his spot maryland does not have the guys to go up against your chris Olaves of the world and ohio state's got three fantastic wide receivers they got to move Strab, they got to get him on the run and really pack it in. I think this is a huge test game for both front sevens, for the front five offensive linemen, and for the front seven on defense for Maryland. There's a lot of guys looking to make impact, have bounce-back games. You've got to get out to a really good start here, or I think we can see a really, really ugly game. Uh, I'll throw one key out there, and for me, it's how can you figure out how to establish a run game while trying to get your quarterback going? and this comes completely off of last week's the the run-pass ratio for the Terps early on. Tayon Fleet-Davis didn't have a bad game uh, against Iowa at all, but Maryland really relied heavily on the pass trying to get Leah going. How do you kind of mix that and play complementary football? Playing complementary football is my number one thing, and staying away from those 15-yard penalties. You know, you mentioned when Maryland got pressure on the quarterback, a couple roughing the passers last week, some pass interference calls, a bad hold. Uh, goes against the Turks. you've got to stay away from those when you get into those third down situations you can't shoot yourself in the foot if you get off the field you take that as a win every time
1: yeah definitely one more thing on the point we were making with Leah something with moving the defenders especially those linebackers and safeties and defensive backs it's first off seeing them and a lot of the times last weekend against Iowa he didn't see those defenders I don't know for what reason maybe he didn't want to see them but he would then just throw the ball and that caused those five interceptions. So it, first he needs to survey the defense and actually see those defenders, and then make his read based off that.
0: Yeah. When you're talking about the quarter ranking position and a guy that's an extremely talented football player, likely it is, it, it, it seemed like he felt like he could put the ball wherever he wanted. You know, if you, if you watch a lot of golf, there's a couple golfers that that also gets in their head. They, they think they can hit every shot instead of sometimes taking the easy way. And, You know, he's back there by himself, and he had time against Iowa. He didn't really take it, but he had it. And it's using everything to your advantage. It's letting every play develop. And Maryland is a quick strike offense when when you talk about it, when you talk to opposing media members and and even coaches. Maryland likes to do a lot of quick-hitting plays, and when that ball doesn't get out, it seems like the clock goes off in Leah's head, and wherever he's looking, that ball's going. And that's a factor that you see... A lot of players make that jump. That's when they become a true pro prospect. Is when they stand in the pocket, they survey the field, they find the right guy, especially when they have a receiver room like Maryland. But when that clock goes off, it seems like the ball's coming out. At least that's what I saw when I looked back at the Iowa game.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. Now, now moving into our predictions and looking at the betting lines, Ohio State is a twenty-one point favorite for Saturday afternoon, and the over/under is set at seventy-one. What are your What are your thoughts on that, Mason? Well, Ohio State's broken 71
0: against Maryland uh, two years ago in Mike Loxley's first trip to Columbus, and I'm, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but it just felt like it, it's something to point out. I, I like the over in this game. I think you have two really uh, offenses that have the ability to score a lot of points. I'm not sure that they do score a lot of points in this game, either team, but I, I would say this game, if Maryland gets going, will become very, very high scoring very quickly, as far as the line, Ohio State by 21. Last week, I did not really see the Buckeyes having a, the game they had against Rutgers, the team that gave Michigan fits the week before. But you know, the ball started bouncing on the Buckeyes' ways and the Buckeyes' way, and they were able to really uh, capitalize on those opportunities. I think, um, I think Maryland covers the spread. I think it is somewhere around a 21-point game, and. And uh, the Terps probably lose this one. Jack, I'm going with uh, 24 to 42.
1: Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you there. I think that Ohio State, no matter what, they're going to put up their, their points. They're they're going to get their numbers. It's whether Maryland can respond and put together enough drives to put up enough points to get to that, that 71 mark. I'm going to also go with that over. I don't think Maryland covers. I think it's going to be very similar to what we saw against Iowa. I'm going to go Ohio State winning
0: fifty nine to ten. Right, so Jack, uh, coming in with some low expectations, hopefully Maryland's able to break those. And I have one segment that I want to throw out into these uh, preview episodes, which is a hot take. And, and this week it's going to be Maryland not specifically uh, tongue of Iloa, but Maryland quarterbacks run for more than two touchdowns in this game. Uh, uh, and again, not saying that's going to be Leah that runs for those touchdowns, but A Maryland quarterback, Maryland quarterbacks put up a couple of running touchdowns on the board. That is my hot take for the game. And Jack, any last points, anything? And and this is a question that I asked our listeners on Twitter earlier today. What is the one thing you want to see out of this team? It doesn't necessarily have to be on the field. It could be the way they come out. But what is one thing that you want to see from this team uh, kind of trying to bounce back from last week?
1: Yeah, definitely. I don't mean to be a, a Debbie Down or anything. I just don't feel like it. It really sucks that Maryland gets Ohio State right after that performance they had against Iowa. It's probably like the worst team that they could next face because Ohio State they're they're on a roll right now and they're just they're Ohio State. So it, you're running into a truck right now. But two things I'll give you that I'm looking forward to seeing hopefully this weekend is we've talked about it all week. I talked about it right after the game against Iowa. The running game needs needs to pick it up and they need to get the carry. So I'm looking to see if Loxley incorporates the run game more. And I'm I'm excited to see if how Leah plays. I think he should bounce back in some way, look a little bit better than he did on than he did on Friday. I, I just want to see his his morale. I, I want to see him with a good attitude, going out there with confidence.
0: And for me, in in that category, Jack, I'll I'll echo your point, but I'll put a little bit of different emphasis on it. I think this may be a career-defining game for uh, a young player because Maryland's fan base is very critical very quickly, especially when it comes to really any sport but football uh, and Mark Turgeon. I'm not really going to say the basketball team, but specifically Mark Turgeon. I think Leah's on the edge of falling into that gap where it's going to be really hard for him to convince a lot of people that he's a real ball player if if he has a repeat performance. And I think that he may not be the guy that you really go out and you say that to, but you try and prop up. You give him those easy plays early on. I think that getting him on a roll is very, very important to this game because he's going to be without his security blanket and Dante Demas. But I think you're facing a career-defining moment for uh, Leah and Really, the coaching has to help them. Again, echoing your point, you got to run the damn ball. This isn't a team that can light up everybody passing the ball. We saw that last week. you got to use the run to open it up. you got to use those swing passes and little chest passes to open it up, those run-like plays. And then you can look to stretch the field. But if you survive the first quarter of this game, and I know I've said this a lot, and last week kind of put a damper on what I thought Maryland's recipe to win a big game was, but if you can survive the first quarter, stay in the game, and then keep your head about it. you. Not let that repeat performance happen. I would love to see what happens if Maryland's even down 7-3 at the end of the first quarter and they don't implode.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. And it'll be exciting to see how they play. I'm I'm very interested to see what the outcome of tomorrow's game is.
0: And I think that's that's just about it for us. Again, predictions. Jack, you had it 59 10 and what did I have at 42 24? Yep. So there you go. Not not as optimistic as last week, to say the least. But hey, it's another opportunity to be to win a big game on the road. And this is the life in the Big Ten East, or or just generally in the Big Ten for Maryland as of recent. Hopefully, uh, we see a better performance than last week for Mason Viner and Jack Rothenberg. Signing off, and as always, thanks for listening.